0: Of God's Word, Ephesians chapter 4, and we will read verse 11 down through verse 16. And He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. May the Lord add his richest blessings to the reading of his word this morning. Thank you, and you may be seated. Father, as we come to your word today, I believe that this is certainly a crucial time for Yellowstone Baptist Church as we look to move into the future to know what you have in store for each one of us. It's going to take everybody working together in order to be able to see the, the goal accomplished as we heard from the beautiful hymn and the special music, this is our soul's reward is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have the responsibility of being able to get the good news out to others who have never heard. There are even people here in Cheyenne who have never heard of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got a bunch of tracts and uh, uh, door hangers downstairs. And I pray that we would be able to get those out over the next few months. To be a reminder to those who are around us that we do exist as a church that strives bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ and the fact that there is actually a good message that is in there it is the only message of hope that will take us through into eternity we are thankful Lord that one day we will leave this world and our souls will be forever with you one day we will also have a resurrected body but for those who do not know you as Lord and Savior I pray that today would be the day of salvation so as we discuss this Matter that is in front of us this morning, I pray, Lord, that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18 commands us to give thanks in all things. Why? Because this is God's will. It is God's will in Christ concerning you, you and me. So, for example, we're going to start with the husband's. How many of you, don't raise your hands, this is all rhetorical, just want to make sure we understand. How many of you husbands, though, actually go up to your wife after she has done the clothes or done the dishes and say, thank you for doing the dishes. Or, think you, you don't have to nudge each other. <laughs> Thank you for doing the dishes. Thank you for picking up my dirty clothes and putting it in the laundry and then washing them. After all, we are to give thanks in all things, right? Uh, Wives, I didn't want you to feel left out this morning. How many of you, after your husband has gone out, now you may not mow, or your husband may not mow the grass, but if he does, how many of you, after he comes in and he's hot and sweaty, after having spent time out there for two, three, four hours mowing the grass, you go up to him and say, thank you for being willing to mow the grass. Now, there's something that I am thankful for this morning, and that is glasses. I'm thankful for optometrists. I'm thankful for the ability to be able to get a new pair of spectacles. For those of you who do not have to wear them I'm not sure whether you're blessed or whether you're just missing out. But I've been wearing them since I was a little kid. And today, for the first time in probably half a year, I can actually read my notes without blowing them up to something like 55 font on my paper. Now that also means, though, on the downside, that I can't see if I'm actually looking through the top. Most of you are kind of blurry. But I can see my notes just fine. While we should not do what we do for the recognition, it is important that those who are being served are willing to recognize the servant heart and the attitude when things are done on our behalf. For example, when I went and got my glasses, and they actually said, well, your far distance has actually come down a little bit, but your bottom ones, you can either go to trifocals or we can go to reader's. I chose the readers. But they increased in the power so that I could be able to read. And when we were all done, I told the doctor, I said, thank you for taking the time to see me today. And then when I actually ordered my glasses and I got my glasses in, I told the young lady that was helping me, I said, thank you for helping me today. You made coming to Costco actually very easy. Now, if any of you have any of you gone to Costco recently down in um, Timnath, Fort Collins area? Come on, some of you are braver than me. Okay, there we go. You've been down there. That place is a madhouse. But I thank them for the work that they had done. So in case I have not done so recently, I want to thank each and every one of you this morning who serves or who has served at Yellowstone Baptist Church. Now, it could be Sunday school teachers, it could be mowing the lawn, it could be helping with the music, it could be helping taking up the offering, whatever it may be. Again, I want to say thank you to each one of you. It all takes, it takes all of us working together to be able to accomplish this. But I want to especially recognize two of these individuals, and unfortunately, one of them is not here because he has to work again because it's a holiday. But despite working full-time jobs, these brothers have spent hours here with me, and that's Brother Sam and Brother Diego. We have spent many hours praying to be able to make decisions that would honor the Lord Jesus Christ for the purposes of Yellowstone Baptist Church and each person who is not just a member but a regular attender. Brother Sam has served as a deacon for two years and is also involved with Sister Blanca now. He led the music for quite some time and he's now involved with Sister Blanca in the K-3rd through grade Sunday school class downstairs. Because we were small and did not have a lot of people for a very long time, Brother Diego has now served, I think he said, as a deacon for five to six years. During that time, he served on the pulpit committee. They called me to serve as pastor. He's been a faithful teacher to the young people. He's gotten out and he was just here this last week, spent hours mowing along. Yeah. I'm very thankful for that. My allergies are really acting up. And it's been great to be able to have somebody else to be able to help. Mm-hmm. He's been involved in many other areas, many of which most of us or most of you probably will never know it's just like a lot of you are involved in different things or different aspects of ministry that most of the rest of the church will never know but you do it because you are being faithful so i want to say thank you again i'm very grateful we could not be where we are at today without the help of each and every one of you and especially these two men When we started in January by adopting the new constitution, we knew that there was going to be a time of transition. Many of you have asked, there are a lot of questions that have been asked in regards to how we're going to move forward. And I'll be honest, I need to apologize to each and every one of you because I dropped the ball. I should have been more active in some of these areas. I should have been maybe more careful making sure that we don't make decisions that are knee-jerk reactions, but that are decisions and reactions that are based on the Word of God. Both of our brothers, Brother Sam and Brother Diego, expired their terms as deacons, actually, back in March of this year. And yet, both of them have continued to serve in the interim, to help make decisions. And again, I'm very thankful. I want all of you to know that I do appreciate all the things that we have learned, things that we have learned together and the things we have learned separately. Through good times, maybe some not so good times, God has been gracious to us that I'm thankful. We have not always made perfect decisions. We have not always come to the same conclusions. It's part of being human. But I believe that we have, all three of us, have tried to keep Christ first in our decisions. I can't tell you how much more difficult it makes ministry Unless you've ever been there, you will never know how hard it is, number one, to even be a pastor. Number two, to be able to do it when there are people who are not willing to do what God wants them to do. Where traditions or creeds or pieces of paper mean more than the Word of God does. But I am thankful. No two people will ever agree on every single point. If you have family here, you will know that you don't even agree on every single point. Husbands and wives don't agree on every single point. My wife and I certainly don't agree on every point. This will probably be shocking, but my daughters and I don't agree on every single point. My sons and I, my dad, my mom, we don't agree on every point. But the friendship and the relationship that I have had in particular with Brother Sam and Brother Diego I believe has risen above many of the concerns and the issues that we have each raised at different times over the last two and a half years. There are times that we have had to ask forgiveness from one another. But the goal has always been biblical restoration because that's what God calls us to do. Today, we look around and we see God continues to bless his work. See, the name on the sign is not Mark Escalera. The name on the sign is that it is a church. Yellowstone designates where we're at. Baptist designates our doctrine. But church designates that we belong to Jesus Christ. We are his bride, We are certainly growing. For those of you who were here a year ago for July, you'll remember we didn't have half this amount of people here. Sometimes we're growing by leaps and bundles. And we've got more coming from what I understand. But I also believe that it is time for others to prayerfully step forward and to serve in various capacities. We need your help. I was recently reminded again that we need more servants in place. And when we adopted the Constitution, which I am going to actually pass out, if a couple of our young men... They'd be... Well, that'll work. (laughs) you want to have somebody... There we go, right here. This is only a part of the Constitution and the doctrinal statement. And when it was adopted back in 2023, each member and even non-members at the time were given copies of this. And if you do not have a full copy of the document, then you're welcome to ask and I'd be happy to provide it to you. But each person was given a copy of the Constitution and doctrinal statement and then given time to prayerfully read these documents. At no point did the leadership team or myself, any, any one of us, Brother Sam or Brother Diego, at no point did we take a look at this document and just look at it flippantly. We believe that, and if there's not enough for everybody, if we can have at least one per family unit, whether they're members or not. I should have, I should have considered that. My apologies. We shared from the pulpit again that this was a transition year for, 20, for Yellowstone in 2023. And so here's what I want to remind you of this morning. A biblical congregation is only built on one single individual, and that is Jesus Christ. Not anybody else. Each part of the body works together in harmony. For example, if you're out working on your yard, or you're working on the roof, and you decide to hit the wrong nail with a hammer your entire body is going to be in sympathy with your thumb or your nail. There are times when we are going to have pains here. There are going to be times when there are going to be decisions that are made that you may not think are the best. I recognize that. We recognize that. But when there is no harmony within a congregation, it is always, it is always because we have taken our eyes off of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have become too concerned about the things that do not matter in the light of eternity. So if you miss everything else this morning, my encouragement to you would be to put your eyes back on the Lord Jesus Christ to put your eyes, to focus on the cross of Christ and don't be concerned about the things that really don't matter here in this life. We are strangers and pilgrims passing through this life. Sometimes we can get so caught up in thinking that the church is to be more like the world and how we do business. Instead of realizing that we are called to be servants of Christ and we are to do His bidding and to be faithful to Him in all areas. You see, there is no, listen carefully, there is no authority within a local church apart from what is written right here. This is always the basis. There can't be any other basis. That means that even the Constitution or the doctrinal statement, there are some who have asked and there are some concerns maybe that will be addressed in the future. But this is not the Bible. This will never be the Bible. The biblical word that is used for true believers is is often overlooked because of our Western outlook on the world. The early New Testament believers, and even in many countries today, the word servant is truly understood for what it actually means. One who is a slave called to do whatever the master calls them to do, period. Paul himself says, "...I'm a bond slave of the Lord Jesus Christ." That means that when God tells us to do something, we don't come back and we say, well, let me think about it for a while because God demands instant obedience. Do you remember the account when the Lord Jesus Christ, and I've shared this with several of you in the past, do you remember where the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking and he gives the parable and he says that a servant was sent to be able to collect the rent? And he goes to collect the rent and he comes back and he doesn't have the rent. So the master sends another servant the very next day and he sends him off into this far country and while he's there, this man gets beaten up. And he comes back and he still doesn't have the rent. He sends another one and they also get beat up and they come back without the rent. So the next day, the master calls a fourth servant. And the fourth servant is sent. Now, do you think he knew what happened to the first three servants that went? Yep. And so the fourth servant goes and he comes back in a body bag. But then the fifth servant gets called up the next day and the master says, I still have rent that I've got to collect. So I'm going to send another one until I get all the, I get my money that is due to me. And eventually he sends his only son and him they crucify. My friends, you and I, we cannot be above the master. The Lord Jesus Christ is the great shepherd. He is the one who guides our flock. He is the one that should be guiding our steps, guiding our lips, granting us wisdom to be able to make every decision that we make. At the end of the day, the New Testament, Paul writing to Titus and to Timothy and even in First Peter, we find the words from the, uh, 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 Peter, this, the gentleman who more times than not put his foot in his mouth. And we are reminded that those who are, I believe it's James chapter 3, we find that or we are told that those who teach of them is required a higher standard. Whether I like it or not, whether you like it or not. When a pastor stands in the pulpit, this is to be the message. And when this is the message, the authority comes from God that says, we will follow him. And at the end of the day, I have to give account, whether you're aware of this or not, I have to give account for every word that I preach from this pulpit. I'm tasked with the solemn responsibility of praying for each and every one of you. I'm tasked with the responsibility of offering counsel to be able to share with you, to find out what's going on in your life so that we can help point you to Jesus Christ. That's what a shepherd is called to do. In other words, this person who is a slave... They simply obey. They have no rights of their own apart from what Christ extends to them. And a servant's gifts will become evident to the leadership and to the church at large. A person who is faithful, who is willing to serve, whether or not they have title or position, is a person that God can use. Listen to Romans chapter 12. You see, this is a a high calling. Not just to do what I'm doing up here, but what you also are called to do. I'm going to give you a reminder here. Affirmation of commitment. And for the sake of time, we're not going to read this. But I do want to read the part to the congregation because I think it is vital as we consider this subject matter that is before us this morning. Will you commit to pray for their spiritual growth? This is asked of every person and asked of you to encourage them in their Christian walk, to humbly admonish should the need arise in biblical discipleship, to welcome them with open arms into this fellowship, and to remember that together we are to strive to glorify Christ in all things until he returns for his bride. Now, For some of us, this is just words on a piece of paper. Unfortunately, there may be some on one side of the church that don't know people on the other side. I realize with a growing congregation, sometimes that can be a little difficult to be able to learn who everybody is. But do you pray for them? Do you pray for their spiritual growth? Do you seek to help in the biblical discipleship of others? You all know that we have prayer meetings on Sunday mornings as well as Wednesday nights. We also have a Sunday night Bible discipleship class. Some have never been to one of those. And I understand work schedules. I understand that some of you work 40, 50 hours a week. I get that. I just live right next door. And trying to take all of those things into account, though, when when people come up and they ask me, will you pray for me? And I have often tried to remember to say, well, I will pray with you. You see, I'm not saying or suggesting in any way, shape, or form that there is not prayer that is going on in this congregation on a regular basis with other people, whether it's your home or your work or wherever it may be. If you're serving in whatever capacity is that you're serving, are you doing it to the best of your ability? Am I doing what I am called to do to the best of my ability? When I read these questions and I read them to each new uh, uh, candidate for membership who comes forward, I'm very serious when I read these because to me it's important that I am providing that kind of care. For example, if you went to the doctor and it was your very first visit to the doctor and you want to know if he's going to take care of you and he says, Well, each time you come in, I'll look at your big toe. Well, if I've got anything wrong with my heart, will you take a look at that or you know if I've got an infection on in my ear, will you take a look at that? Well, we might get to that eventually, but I will take a look at your big toe just to make sure everything is good with your toe. How many of you would be looking for a new doctor? Boy, some of you are pretty brave. I would be looking for a new doctor. As we consider the future, I want to remind you that whether we continue with these questions or not is not really relevant at the moment. But the fact that we are members and those who have joined Yellowstone Baptist Church and there are some of you who are just attending and you are also considering joining Yellowstone Baptist Church, we rejoice. We rejoice in every person who comes to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We rejoice in every person who is willing to serve. you to consider the constitution and the doctrinal statement especially the parts that are before you this morning and here's what I want to ask you to do number one I want you to take let's see if I can find mine here I want you to take this form right here Okay. on the back is the missions moment I'll allow you to pray. And on this side, the following men are active members of Yellowstone Baptist Church. Please prayerfully nominate those whom you believe would be biblically qualified to be some of our next servants. I want to encourage you to prayerfully ask the Lord how you can use this form. Okay? Okay? There are, let's see here, I've got, oh, here it is. Before I get to that form, I want to go over just a couple more things and we'll be wrapping up here very quickly. believe that it's important that you and I if we're going to move forward that we understand what God requires in regards to more elders and more deacons now right from the get go I will tell you one person cannot do it all by themselves because not one person has all the giftings to be able to do all this by themselves there are going to be times when Maybe some men or some Sunday school teachers or whatever. There there may be times when, just like we have with the treasurer, other people serve and then they step down and then others fill their place. They then step down, others fill their place. This is not one size fits all for everybody. As, as more people grow and as more of our men and our ladies here are growing, there may be positions that you may not be qualified for today, but God may be gracious in training you and teaching you and allowing you to go through discipleship whereby you can serve in some of these areas. Again, that's part of the goal and the responsibility that I have as a pastor is to be able to train you, to encourage you, to love you. There are a few things though as we consider this form that I want you to know biblically number one these two offices are not interchangeable they are distinct and they are unique from each other in fact The Lord Jesus Christ, in the passage that we had before us in Ephesians chapter 4, he himself gave the position of pastors, teachers, or elders, but Jesus himself never gave the church the position of deacons. Until I was preparing for this, I, I had never even seen that before. But I don't want you to misunderstand Because of the needs of the early church, the Holy Spirit granted wisdom to the apostles in order to institute the call for biblically qualified men to serve as deacons. And thus today we have two offices, elders and deacons. Thirdly, the offices are not titles. They are a reminder of the humbling position that is to be held while striving to be like the master. Fourth, there are some men who may qualify as deacons, but may not be able to serve as an elder. There are some who may serve as an elder, but maybe have never served in a position of being a deacon. Now I realize that it can be a popular belief. We've been in churches similar and in my early ministry I saw the same thing. Deacons and elders are not equal positions. They're not lateral positions. It's not like some churches where you go and you serve in one area and you automatically get promoted after so long to another one. Fifth, an elder is like a pastor in function. An elder and a pastor essentially are the same office, but they represent, these two words represent different tasks in the role of a pastor. A pastor or an elder is tasked with being responsible for all matters pertaining to the spiritual life of the flock within the congregation. The elders or pastors are responsible for all pulpit Teaching, mission, music, and counseling ministries. That's biblical. And they have shown themselves to be capable in handling the word. Finally, a deacon is not a business manager, nor are they like a board of directors. I am thankful again for how Brother Diego and Brother Sam conducted themselves in many of the meetings that we had week after week, month after month. A deacon is a servant tasked with caring for the physical needs of the congregation and the church. A deacon is not tasked From Scripture, with the oversight of any spiritual matters, although their wisdom and prayer is and can be sought after by the elders. So, I want you to go with me to the forum. And I want you to look at these 23 men who are active members here at Yellowstone. And I want to add a little bit of clarification here. Number one, not all of these men may be willing to serve. Not all of these men may be qualified to serve at this point. Some of these men may qualify at some point to be an elder, whereas others would qualify to be a deacon. Uh, I don't know what the Lord has for Yellowstone Baptist Church. back and again I have to apologize because in a meeting recently I realized that I had made a mistake in how we were going to present or ask the church for new deacons and I want to make sure that we're doing this biblically the constitution says this number one that the need has to be presented you've heard the need this morning We need men who are willing to take a stand. We need men who are willing to stand up and say, let me be counted as a servant of Jesus Christ in whatever way he would choose for me. That's what we need. The church then, again, this is number, or letter B, Actually, it's A in the document that you have on the last page. The church is to submit names, and that's where this comes in right here. Over the next two weeks, until July the 16th, which is when we have our quarterly business meeting, you're going to have time to be able to pray over every one of these individuals. If you don't know who they are, it's going to be kind of hard to recommend them. But if you do know who they are, if you want to know who some of these men are, simply ask. Say, by the way, who is um, who's uh, that Mike guy? I'll say, you can't miss him. He's right there. <laughs> or somebody may say, well, what about Josh Gorman?" Well, he's that guy that sits right back there. The one that the Lord is blessed with. Eight children, eight wonderful quivers in his, or arrows in his quiver. Wonderful. After you prayerfully consider this list, you will need to circle this, and we will provide this for you next week as well in the bulletin in case you lose it. And I'm going to ask you to circle the names of the men that you believe are biblically qualified. This is per our Constitution. And I want you to put it in an envelope. There's little envelopes at the back of your chairs. I don't want you to do this today because you've got to have time to pray. And I want you to circle the names of the men that you think could serve as some kind of a servant capacity. And then you can fold it up just like this. And you can stick it in one of those little envelopes and drop it in the offering. You don't even have to put your name at the top. Each name that is circled on the 16th when we receive the last form will actually then be prayerfully considered before presenting the names of those who are selected to be deacons or and or elders at a future point for prayer and for testing again that's a biblical pattern <coughs> we will then call for a business meeting a special business meeting where we will pass out again a ballot it will be a secret ballot per our constitution no names will be required on the forms and it will simply be a yes or a no That you believe that that person is biblically qualified to serve in whatever capacity they have been asked to serve in. I think that is fairly self explanatory. But before we close this morning, I want to remind you, and this is why I included this in the front, right at the beginning the local church is composed of one body with many members who are all in relation with Jesus Christ. But the body also has joints of supply, as the King James puts it. There are units of control or unity. That is, church leaders, Ephesians 4.16. And this together in participation under the headship of the Lord Jesus Christ with leadership direction, submission, and authority in a two-directional manner. And this is what it means. First, The local government is invested in the body of believers under the headship of Jesus Christ. We all have one vote if you remember. We all serve Jesus Christ. We all fall under his leadership. Secondly, spiritual leadership is authorized by Scripture in elders and pastors who lead the church spiritually, and to whom the congregation are to submit under the headship of Christ. The last paragraph there says, "...in using its delegated authority to make decisions, the elders are to be guided by Scripture, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and by input from the congregation." listen once again if you have never read this to our preamble as I close this morning this constitution serves to preserve the principles of our faith to govern this local body and to guarantee the liberties of each church member and the freedom of action in relation to other churches of like faith and order in a Christ-like manner Following a biblical New Testament pattern for the early church, we desire to be elder-led, deacon-served, and congregation-affirmed body of believers. To the best of our ability, when this was presented to you, we believe that this represented what we see in the book of Acts in the first century church. I realize that this is a different style of message than what we normally have, but we need to move forward. We need to be willing, if God is going to continue to grow Yellowstone Baptist Church, and in case you are not aware of this, I, Mark Escalera, am not indispensable. I don't know when my time will come. You don't know when your time will come. We don't know when we are called to walk from these shadow lands through the door into eternity where we will be forever with the Lord Jesus Christ. But whenever that time is for me, or for you, if you're a believer this morning, my prayer is that we will be able to stand side by side In eternity, that we will be able to hear the words, "Well done, you were a good and faithful servant." That's what we're each called to do. Through difficulties, through good times, through bad times, through times that maybe we don't like, God is still in control, and our God is still sovereign. Psalm 2 reminds us, and I want to close with this. We looked this morning in the prayer room at Psalm 2, and here we face another anniversary of our country's birth. You know, before those founding fathers made decisions, many of them were actually sitting in churches just like ours, and they were praying. They were studying the Scriptures to determine whether what they were doing was actually honoring to Christ there were prayers for revival there wasn't haphazardly picking up weapons and going to attack the British troops and God was gracious and now has granted us to be one of the greatest countries this world has ever seen I'm thankful for America I'm thankful though more importantly for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ You see, one day, America will no longer exist. China, Russia, North Korea, none of those countries will ever exist. But the kingdom of our God will reign forever. It will never end. The question is, will you be part of that kingdom? And if you're willing to be part of that kingdom, or God has called you to be a part of that kingdom, then serve him faithfully until he takes you home. And do it for him. Not for me. Not for anybody else in this congregation. For him. Amen? Amen. Father, this is not even a message that I am comfortable with. It's not the style that I like to use that I believe that you have necessarily called me to, but we can wait no longer in moving forward to serve you to the best of our ability. We are going to make mistakes. Each one of us are going to sin. Each one of us though have to answer to you. But in so doing we know that from your word that we are to be accountable to one another and so over the next two weeks as these names of these, each of these 23 men are perfectly considered I ask that you would raise up some of these men to stand in the gap to be willing to say like Isaiah did here am I, send me. Lord I am thankful for each person who has served for those who have come before us Not just here, but even long before Yellowstone Baptist Church even came into existence, there were men and women, boys and girls, who were faithfully serving you somewhere. And then you called a group of people to come and start Yellowstone. I am thankful for that. I pray that each one of us would be thankful before the Lord Jesus Christ For every person, for every work that is done, whether it's picking up the trash, mowing the grass, teaching a Sunday school class, leading, singing, it doesn't matter what it is, Lord. Even just standing at the front door and greeting new people as they come in. Even David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Lord, help us to each be faithful. To be humble before you to love you and to love one another with all of our hearts. For this is what you call us to do. As we go into a time of fellowship, now Lord, I pray that you would be glorified. Keep us safe this afternoon. For those who are able to stay, may we enjoy the time of fellowship and the food. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. If you have any questions, you're welcome to speak with me afterwards. And um, we pray the Lord's blessings on each and every one of you. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. Amen. We look forward to meeting you and seeing you downstairs. Every blessing. By the way, before we eat, I don't want anybody to get a stomach ache. But Brother Mike is going to have a word of prayer and share just a quick word with us when we right here. go ahead come on up that'd be a lot better than waiting to go down yeah, there trying to so get everybody start together